Welcome to First Line. My name is Aubrey Ann Jackson, and I am a student doctor in my last year of medical school. First Line brings listeners of all backgrounds together to discuss whole body health and wellness through an osteopathic lens. First Line covers tangible ways to improve your health, how to succeed in medical school, and various topics in healthcare, including mental health, all while holistically addressing the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. This podcast is for informational purposes only. This is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. I encourage you to seek the advice of a physician, a DO, or an MD with any concerns or questions you have about your symptoms or medical conditions. This week, I wanted to carry forward some of the topics about skin lesions, but this episode, I wanted to take some time to talk about eczema, also known as atopic dermatitis, because this is one that is very common. So, about 10% of children will have eczema and a little bit less, somewhere between 6 and 8% of adults will have eczema. This episode is helpful so that whether you may have eczema yourself, and I think understanding what conditions you have are super important and sometimes your doctor doesn't have enough time to spend with you to educate you and then because it's so prevalent in the population it's good for everyone to know about eczema so that they can understand what that experience is like for people that have it and they can just have that understanding and they might be able to help someone in their life that has eczema and it's something that I personally have So I had eczema as an infant, and I also make up the population that continue to have eczema flares into adulthood as well. And I can definitely speak to the fact that as you do get older, your eczema is less severe, but it can still be very much an annoyance at the very least, and pretty distressing and can affect your quality of life at its worst. So first of all, what what is eczema or atopic dermatitis? Well, what is required for this to be diagnosed is that you have dry skin and then you also have pruritus or itchiness of the skin. Usually eczema occurs in flares. It's a chronic disorder that is often relapsing so it goes away and then you have flares again so you're probably not literally itchy all the time but you can have flares that last days to weeks and so that can really impact your your quality of life and can also alter the expression of of your skin and how your skin looks and especially during the summer, which is when a lot of people have their flares. Um, I'll talk about the triggers later. When you have skin that is exposed, you can definitely have low self-esteem issues that you often want to cover up your skin because you're embarrassed with how it looks. And 
certainly I think there's a stigma about applying ointment and creams uh, to your skin and it it would be great for people with eczema to not have that stigma present that they can just reach into their bag and pull out their tube of of steroid cream and be able to apply it when they're itchy and to have that relief I think personally I've had situations where I put off applying cream that would make me feel way more comfortable because I don't want to put it on in front of other people and I'm not in a situation where I can really excuse myself so it certainly can affect things like when I had really bad flares in my in my teenage years I would often avoid certain situations because I was dealing with this so I think everyone has stories that are similar to that if they did not grow out of their childhood eczema but there are a few of us that deal with it into adolescence and adulthood as well so usually the symptoms will start in infancy around three months of age almost three quarters of people with eczema will have asthma or allergies in addition or they would at least have a family history of family members that have asthma and allergies especially food allergies and I am a person that is pretty stereotypically a topic which is the triad of asthma allergies and eczema and so I have all of those into adulthood as well I didn't grow out of any of them though many of them have improved into adulthood There's also, um, so it's not really known what exactly causes it, but we know that these things are linked to each other. There's also been found that some people will have a mutation in a gene that influences the development of protein in your epidermis, in your skin, and the mutation can affect the barrier function of your skin. There are also risk factors for developing eczema, so where you live can play a role if you're in an urban environment versus a rural environment you're more likely to develop eczema being exposed to too many antibiotics as an infant or toddler can also cause eczema then there's also triggers for eczema so after you have developed eczema there may be triggers that make the eczema worse or cause a flare so these triggers uh can be tied to allergies things like pollen and dust mites can trigger it exposure to animals if you're allergic to animals another thing that can trigger is heat and changes in climate from like a climate that's too dry or too humid so i will often notice eczema for me it's worse in the summer usually and during changes of seasons stress can be a trigger certainly mental health can be a trigger really anything that can irritate your skin or air pollution can be a trigger for eczema so how it's caused uh the theory is that there is inflammation of the skin that's going on that causes really bad itchiness and it causes a hypersensitivity reaction in your skin that hypersensitivity often leads to an epidermal barrier breakdown 
that leads to loss of moisture, which leads to drier skin. So then you get the flakiness. And then you have immune cells that are, that are infiltrating because of that hypersensitivity. So now to talk about what it looks like. And I think for, for this, it's easier to break it down by age because it looks pretty different across different age groups. So starting with infants, they will typically get eczema on their face and the extensor surfaces. So that reversed in knees and elbows mostly. Sometimes the torso as well. And so during childhood up until like adolescent age, so 12 years old, you'll start to have it more in the, the flexure surfaces. So that's like the inner side of your elbows and then the back of your knees. And really any skin fold can, can get eczema. And then um, also on the backs of your hand. So not on your finger pads, but the other side of your hand. And often this is the age group where you've had eczema for a few years. So you can get chronic changes to your skin that causes like a thickening of the skin that is affected. And also skin markings. So you kind of know where the eczema has been. And that often results, especially if you're itching at it and if you're undertreated for it. In adolescence um, and adulthood, it's pretty similar to each other and um, it's not that much different than childhood. You're still going to have the flexor surfaces and you can still have that thickened skin. The inner side of the elbows is probably the most common place to get it. And that's where my eczema has predominantly been for most of my life. Actually, lately, in the last few years, like probably since medical school, I've really been only getting it on the extensor surfaces of my hands. So the back side of my hands, not my fingertips, but the other side. I've been getting it like around my knuckles and on my fingers themselves and also on my wrists. And I certainly have skin markings. You can tell where it's been, but I haven't had a flare in a while. It hasn't really been itchy um, since probably the change from fall to winter. So it's very much fluctuating. And when you are also in adolescence and adulthood, you can get different shapes to your eczema. Often it's just patches that don't really have a shape to them without clear margins. But in adolescence and adulthood, you can start to have numular eczema, which is coin-shaped lesions that are like very clear circles. So it's very interesting that it can affect different parts of your body at different times. Other things that you can find in your skin in people who have eczema, uh, one thing you can have is just overall dry skin. I'm definitely someone that I just have dry skin just in general. I suffer from dandruff. Um, I often can't use a lot of makeup brands and makeup products because it will just dry out my skin. Like I'm talking just a standard concealer will completely flake my skin. So I have to moisturize a lot and that's everywhere in my body, not just the places I have eczema. And that's something that's pretty typical. Another thing is keratosis pilaris, which is a big word. So it's keratinized hair follicles in your usually in your legs or your arms so these cause like little bumps that are usually on the 
denser surface so it will be like on outer part of your shoulder and then also like the front of your thigh will be where where this is and they they almost look like permanent goosebumps that don't go away almost like little zits like little small pimples and acne but they're not um you can't pop them there's no fluid in them they're just hair follicles and this is something that I actually have and it definitely affects my appearance um and it's almost always there I think it actually gets better over the summer and it gets worse in the winter for me and this I never had a doctor point out to me I never had it explained to me until I got to medical school where I was like oh this looks exactly what I have why didn't anyone tell me it was always something that I was very self-conscious of and embarrassed by but I always just told myself that can really only see it when you get really close up so most people probably aren't going to see it I'm probably the only one who sees it and I've never got bullied for it or anything but it's certainly something that can really affect your body image and so I think it's something that just needs to be normalized that this is a thing that people can have um, they can have these rough bumps and they're very hard to get rid of you can try to moisturize as much as you can but I think I'll always have them to an extent even though I can reduce the appearance of them but this is something that is pretty commonly seen with eczema but not exclusively you can certainly have this without eczema so um how to prevent eczema so when you want to prevent it you want to prevent the childhood eczema so breastfeeding has been shown to help reduce risks for eczema though I was breastfed and I still got it, but it can certainly help. Also, introducing allergenic foods at an early age can be helpful as well. And these things can be helpful, but just because you do them doesn't mean that the child will not get eczema. For treatment, you really want to focus on treating comorbidities. So, having allergies under control, preventing exposure to allergies can help to to treat it help to prevent a flare or to tone down the symptoms from eczema and just in general you want to avoid triggers for flares some of them are really hard to avoid like a change in weather it's recommended that people with eczema especially have daily bathing practices up to 10 minutes so having super dry sensitive skin you do want to bathe regularly, but you don't want to have the water too hot, which is definitely easier said than done. And you also want to limit the length of your showers, which again is easier said than done. Um, and then moisturize your skin, all of your skin, especially the skin impacted by eczema, right after you shower to lock in that moisture. So with mild, moderate, and severe eczema, these are often descriptors that doctors use, but there's not really any clear guidelines to how to delineate that. I think it's probably a good idea to do it based off of what treatment you require. So kind of doing a step-up treatment. So with mild eczema, or the, the first step that you would take 
is to use moisturizers and other topical over-the-counter lotions. There's a lot out there that are specifically formulated to help with eczema and I have several of those at home. A lot of them have things like oatmeal and honey that are like very soothing and can also help with the itching while at the same time moisturizing which are phenomenal and I usually use those as like maintenance treatment between flares to moisturize my skin and hopefully prevent flares from happening. And then the next step of treatment, and usually this is what is required for moderate eczema, is to use topical steroid cream. There's low potency like hydrocortisone, there's medium potency triamcinolone, which is what I use personally, and then there's also high potency. These are usually used during flares for acute treatment. So you are feeling itchy, you have the red inflamed itchy rash uh, that is scaling and you apply this topically just in the area that has the rash. And for me, that typically reveals itchiness almost immediately and apply it a few times a day and especially if it's itchy. I think usually your doctor will give you a certain number of times that you can apply and they will share with you how much to actually apply depending on where it is. And so you'll do that based off of your symptoms. And after I do it for a few days, it usually clears up pretty good, but there's always some flares that last a little bit longer. So I'm using it regularly for weeks, but certainly it helps in the short term to relieve the symptoms by I don't think it works by moisturizing, but it really like reduces the inflammation, makes it less red, and it certainly makes it less itchy. So it leads to at least short-term relief until you have to take the dose again. And for some people that have very frequent flares, uh, sometimes your doctor can give these to you preventatively. So you can apply it to the areas of skin that are usually affected to maybe prevent a flare from even occurring. There's also something called calcineuron inhibitors that can be used, especially if steroids don't work or if they cause side effects. This is usually the second line option. And then if you have severe eczema that is not responding to any of those, I think the vast majority of people will have the moderate and they'll just have a topical steroid to use. But if none of that works, severe eczema, you might be given oral steroids, typically not used. You might have cyclosporine or methotrexate, which are uh, immune modulating drugs. These are given for very, very severe instances that are not reacting at all to the other treatment. Other things you can try for any level of severity is wet wrap therapy. So you would use a moistened bandage, which is moistened with either moisturizer or with the steroid cream and then you wrap that around the body part that's affected and then you cover that with a dry bandage and you just keep it there so it's very much contained with the, whatever medicine you're using. You can also use antihistamines for short-term use of the itchiness but this is usually only used if the itchiness is so severe that it's causing you inability to sleep at night, then Benadryl could be used to help you sleep and reduce the itchiness in the short term. This is not used for like daily use to treat the itchiness at all because the steroids and the moisturizers, they're going to help with the itchiness. 
some some people will ask for antibiotics, but antibiotics really are not helpful for eczema. It's not it's not bacteria that's causing eczema, but certainly people with eczema that have, you know, breaking in their skin, especially if they're itching and it causes skin to open, you're more likely to get a bacterial infection of the skin. So certainly if you have a bacterial skin infection, then you would be given antibiotics to help with that. And then overall, I touched on this a little bit with the stress management. And certainly with, as with a lot of skin conditions that affect how you look, eczema is probably mild compared to some of the other ones that really affect your appearance. But certainly when it affects how you look and it affects how you view yourself and how you feel about yourself, that can cause a lot of stress, which can cause eczema flares and can make it worse. So managing the stress from the source, whatever is going on in your life, and having some therapy or some counseling is really helpful so that you're able to cope with stressors, including your eczema, and then that can cause a reduction in your eczema. I certainly can attest that my eczema flares up with final exams. Certainly when I had step one, level one, step two, level two, and any final exam or huge exam that I was super stressed over in the days leading up to it, I will have an eczema flare. So for me, making sure that I'm taking care of myself, that I'm I'm eating right, I'm exercising, I'm, I'm taking care of myself, I'm, I'm practicing self-care, I'm taking time for myself, all of that when I have those practices set in stone, I won't have as bad of a flare, if any flare. So stress management can work both ways. Eczema can cause stress, so you would need to manage that stress. And an increase of stress from other things in your life can impact eczema. So I think it's a really interesting body and mind connection. Again, like I mentioned in other episodes about uh, skin lesions, is that often your your skin and your body are connected. Your inner body and your organs are connected to your skin, but also your mind is connected to your skin too. And it goes both directions, which is super interesting. You can follow Firstline on Instagram at Firstline Podcast or on Facebook, facebook.com slash Firstline Podcast. Stay tuned for a new episode every Monday. Thank you.